and welcome to the very first podcast of Our Things Fall Apart series with me, Claire, your host, and my friends, Joe, Kate, and Ty. For our very first episode, we will be giving an overview of our novel, including a book talk and book critique. We will also be having a very special guest on the show later today, so don't forget to stay tuned to the end to find out who is here. We hope you enjoy. Things Fall Apart by author Chinua Shebi follows the respected clan warrior of Eumophia Aconquo as he lives in fear of his father's weakness and faces challenges with the white man coming over. Aconquo is very unlikable because of the way he treats his wives and children, and he disrespects sacred clan rules. Aconquo's failure to be a good person and respect the sacred clan rules is a result of his abandonment at a young age and his extreme obsession with being greater than his father's legacy. Aconquo's failure is also a result of the ways of the Igbo culture and the toxic masculinity patterns. Aconquo represents toxic masculinity within the clan and he shows a normalized hatred and disrespect for women, as well as tendency towards unnecessary brutal violence. Okonkwo's representation of the clan disrupts the message of preserving the Igbo culture. I feel like Things Fall Apart was successful in showing the violent reality of colonialism, but failed to distinguish that we, the reader, should feel a connection and empathy to want to preserve the natural ways of the Igbo people and keep the clan together. How did y'all feel toward Aconquo as he watched Ikemathina get killed? Yeah, like, that was pretty sad, I thought, because, like, he was a really likable character, and uh, not necessarily Okonkwo, but, like, the way that happened and how, like, he'd lived with him for so long, just made me sad to see him do that. I was super disappointed in Okonkwo, and especially when he went back and finished it off because he thought that he was going to be showing weakness. That was really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt bad for him, but at the same time, I found it completely fair to do it, especially when he was, like, told by his peers that he shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really thought, I was really hoping that he would stand up to the tribe, like, when he, he heard that he would have to kill him. But... I agree. That's just not what happened. Yeah. How did you feel about Okonkwo from the start to the end? Uh, initially, like, Okonkwo is obviously the protagonist, so, like, I was inclined to, like, support him. But, like, as his nature became, like, more apparent and, like, his arc developed, it became, like, really difficult to, 
like condone him and like support him. So yeah, I kind of felt more sympathetic to him at the beginning and that kind of like deteriorated throughout the story. I agree. I thought that at some point there would be a turning point for Akonku and he would learn a lesson and he would not continue his failure, but he just continued to spiral and I continued to lose hope. <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, I, I know he was like obviously going to be the protagonist of the story, but there were just so many aspects of his personality that I just didn't, couldn't agree with at all, ever. Right. But, uh, I guess it was just rooted in him because he felt such a strong hatred towards his father for not providing for him and his family. So I guess he felt the need to be the complete opposite and just try as hard as he can to chase title and respect. Yeah. Like, um, at the beginning of the story, I would kind of like chalk up his actions to just being like a part of that society. And like, I just assumed that that was the way that things were. But, like, there were a lot of characters who, like, especially at the end when, like, the guy who was talking about peace and when the when the tribe didn't want to go to war and Okonkwo was the only one who did, like, that kind of showed that he was an outlier and not, like, the norm. So that made it a lot harder to stand by him. I agree with that. And kind of going off of that, why do you think... Achebe would use a conquo to represent Eumophia when he's not a fair representation of the clan. I was super confused why he would be representing the clan when not all of the members exhibit toxic masculinity like he does. Do you mean like a like in a figurative sense? Like a representation or like well, he, he was like a clan leader, so. Like, why do you think Achebe would pick Akonkwo as the main character to represent Eumophia? Oh, okay. I, I thought you kind of meant, like, as a representative, because, like, in the story, he was a clan representative. Well, yeah, I... Yeah, that's a really... Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point you brought up, because, like, yeah, he was definitely, like, not, like, clearest representation of the clan like i thought that like the whole society would be like warlike just like because he was selected as the protagonist so yeah i have the same question to be completely honest with you Cade, what yeah i'm trying to sorry i'm trying to find a, like an answer in my head and i really can't yeah, think of one but... I, I honestly don't know why Shebe would do that Maybe it's to just kind of embody the change of the clan and how he didn't really go along with it. I don't know. I really don't know. Very you might have to come back to this one. I yeah. agree. Chinwa Ashebi, author of Things Fall Apart, was raised in Nigeria and knows both European and African traditions and culture. He uses his personal experience to show the similarities and differences. 
The Umofia clan and its members begin to face difficult challenges as six missionaries come to the clan to tell them that their gods are false and aim to convert clan members to Christianity. Members of the clan began to measure the loyalty they they had to the clan, and many of the outcast clan members embraced Christianity, feeling outside of the clan. The missionaries encouraged conversion by explaining the Igbo traditions were out of date comparing to European nations. Another heavy theme is the varying levels of masculinity present in the novel. The story begins with the story of Okonkwo and his father. Okonkwo resents his father because he was not successful or powerful and he strives to rise above his father's legacy. In comparison to Okonkwo's toxic masculinity, Obierica was known as a man who thought about things and did not hit his wife or kids. Another large idea Ashebi had in throughout the novel was the inclusion of a lot of the Igbo culture. Ashebi wanted to emphasize Africa is not the silent, incomprehensible continent other works may have made it out to be. By doing this, Ashebi includes a lot of the language and ways of the Igbo people. How does Chinua Achebe's personal experience have an influence on the novel? Yeah, so uh, being raised in Nigeria uh, lets him, he knows both the traditional African and the European cultures. So uh, he was able to write the book from like that dual perspective. So I, I also felt like he might have encouraged the reader to um, see Christianity more as a solution rather than how it affected um, the original ways of the Igbo culture because he was raised Christian. Yeah, I definitely like when I was reading the book and it was talking about like the missionaries coming I thought that they would have like a really like destructive effect on the society but then like they didn't seem like they were that bad you know what I mean right Mr. Brown was definitely more tolerable than Reverend Smith yeah it the way he told the story maybe like because initially the perspective I was like set on having was that like the missionaries would be bad like they're coming in and they're like taking over and taking advantage of this traditional society. But like, it didn't seem like they were having that much of a negative effect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because like, obviously Achebe had experience in both cultures kind of like, he knew what it was like to experience that transition that's why he was able to write about it so well right but uh it's hard it's hard for me to like say that christianity was 
this sort of solution when we know what happened after that with British imperialism and exploitation for labor and things like that during the industrial age. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Very good point. If you had been in the Yamofia clan, would you have converted to Christianity? Why or why not? I think... Oh, go ahead. Coming from... um, If I was um, a Conquo's son or wife, I don't know. I feel like I would have definitely weighed my options and considered Christianity. Yeah, I think it comes down to whether or not, like, you're content with your place in society. Like, I feel like if I was in that position of power, like Okonkwo was, I would be more rooted in, like, the tradition. But if, like, I wasn't, or if I was being, like, oppressed in that society, I would definitely want change. And I would probably seek that out, like, through joining the Christians. Yeah, I agree. Um, right now, I I probably would have, but if I were to live there, I don't know, because I don't know if I were to have the same moral views that I do now, or like the same behavioral tendencies that I do now, just because of the way the environment shapes behavior. So I don't, it's hard for me to say that I could have, you know, converted. Yeah, I definitely agree with that take. Like if it was me sitting here right now, having to make that choice, I would probably like be afraid of that change. So I'd probably like not join them. But if I was like born and raised in that time period, like who knows? Yeah. Yeah. How was Okonkwo doomed from the beginning because of his extreme fear of failure slash weakness? I think that he focused so much on not being weak and just put so much energy into being a powerful person and, you know, almost emotionless or feelingless, um, that that definitely was the reason for his failure. We see repression a lot from um, Aconquo, um, that especially also contributed to that. Yeah, you can see it, like, throughout the, throughout the book. He puts himself and he puts, like, his own image and his own reputation in front of what's best for, for the clan and what's best for others. So that selfishness definitely is what I think caused his downfall and doomed him from the very beginning. I... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Um, just his um, tendency to put place his own character above all else uh, kind of damaged his character in of in of itself. Like uh, his selfishness and refusing to show emotion um, was more damaging to the character that he so cared about more than anything else. Right. We have a special guest on the show to help analyze his novel. 
author of Things Fall Apart, Chinua Ashebi. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. It feels great. Thank you for being here. I have a few questions to ask you. Um, first one being, what is the nature of Akonko's relationship with Azinma? Yeah, so I kind of wanted that to kind of deepen Okonkwo's character because Okonkwo, he he's really built on like that st- toxic masculinity guy who uh, doesn't show emotion, he doesn't show weakness, but his relationship with his daughter kind of shows that he isn't just that. Like he can be soft and he can show compassion. Right. How do you think Akonkwo benefits from this relationship? It, like it, it's hard for Okonkwo to like, keep that image to constantly like be the, the tough guy like all the time. So for him to have that outlet to kind of decompress, I guess, you you know what I'm getting at? Right. Like. Right. Take a break from all the negative and the violence energy that he produces. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was going to, you just mentioned it, how uh, he can be very violent towards like his family members. Right. But him having that relationship with his daughter, it kind of uh, kind of cools him down a little bit and stops him from doing stuff that he regrets. I also feel like it brings a sense of hope um, between the connection of the reader and Akonkwo because um, besides this relationship, I feel like the reader really doesn't get to see um, the other side of Akonkwo and are just seeing his violent and troublesome side. And so I feel like this gives the reader some hope that maybe there's some good qualities in him. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. How did you want the reader to perceive Akonkwo? Well, it, this, is a, uh, this is a fairly easy question. He's de- he's kind of the embodiment of toxic masculinity, you know. Like right. he uh, he cares about his image. He cares about not being weak, and he'll do anything to kind of preserve that. Like he'll kill his son. He'll he'll use violence at like the first draw. He uh. He'll disown anybody who, like, undermines him. Right. And then, like we were saying, with the relationship with Azinma, um, I feel like you give a different side to Conquo. And really show the reader that there's two sides. Unfortunately, I don't feel like Conquo was able to fully access this side of him. But yeah, that we get that definitely skip. wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, um, 
That's definitely not supposed to be, like, a focal point of his character. Like, yeah, he, he has a soft side, which is what I was trying to show through that relationship. But when it comes down to it, like, he is who he is, you know? Right. What does the ending mean? Yeah, so the ending, I was trying to, I was trying to show the, like the, the futile struggle, the, the hopelessness of the Igbo trying to, like, withstand the changes coming to them. Like, you see with what happened to Okonkwo, right? Like, he saw how separated he was from the rest of the clan. He was the only one who wanted to fight. So they basically, they'd already exiled him earlier. So they, uh, they were not going to agree with him on this. So after he murdered the, the messenger, he went and he hung himself behind his, behind his hut. So, um, yeah, so Okonkwo, he was, he was like the strongest, most respected man in the entire, the entire nation. And he died as like an outcast. He couldn't even get a proper burial from from the rest of the villagers. And that kind of parallels like the decline of Umphomia. Like it was the strongest nation. And now like it's gonna the traditions are gonna fall apart. The society's gonna fall apart. Right. And, do you think Okonkwo got what he was deserving of? Yeah, Okonkwo, like his tragic flaw was his selfishness. And that that was what, what doomed him. So yeah, he was definitely... He was, he was doomed from the start. That's what I'm trying to say there. What do the lo- the locusts symbolize? Yeah, so the locusts the locusts are like meant to be a preface to the arrival of the white settlers. You can see how suddenly they descended upon Umphomia, how they caught the descendants or they caught the inhabitants completely by surprise. Like the Igbo, they eat they would eat them. So like they didn't really take them as a threat they didn't really see the damage that they're that they were dealing and that's sort of how they first reacted to the settlers like they took them in and they were really nice and innocent towards them and so there's kind of a parallel there that's the symbolism i was getting at thank you so much for answering my questions yeah anytime you want me back on the show just uh just give me a call of course, thank you. All right. We wanted to give a big thanks to Mr. Rochebe for coming into our studio today for the interview. And we also want to give a huge thanks to you, our audience, for tuning in to our first episode. We really hope you enjoyed and will come back for our next episode to find out who our next special guest will be. Thank you for listening.